Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we are talking about friendship in the making. Welcome back, everybody. We're back, and we are we're feeling pretty good. Brian, would you say how are you feeling today? Uh, yeah, I'm a little sleepy, but also a little loopy because we're recording the afternoon. Yeah, right after lunch. Great idea. This is not going to be boring. Hopefully, normally we record in the morning, so we're fresh. But that's okay, though. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to be here because we're going to talk about friendship. Yes, again, very important topic, uh, <coughs> underrated so. topic. And but how are things going with you? Everything going well? They're going okay. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a pretty busy season, but uh, but all the things are good. So so yeah, things are okay. We're we're Preparing waiting for her baby. Waiting for baby. She'll she'll be here. It's funny, you know. I'm looking at the calendar. Like whenever I'm looking at the calendar, I can see the due date now. Nice. And so it's like that's a little like oh my goodness, like the <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. So yeah, any yeah. any time. Yep, we're wrapping up our upward season. Excited about that and tearing into a home renovation project. Yeah, why, that's why right. not? Why, why not? <laughs> it's a great time. Why to do not anything. just? You know what? <laughs> Actually, you're <laughs> don't do anything halfway. <laughs> in in youth group, one of your kids was telling me how frustrated they were that they couldn't. <laughs> they had to like wear their shoes through the house because the floor was torn up. Yeah, and uh, and they were like, "Oh, I always forget to put my shoes on." Because we fine, like, your foot's gonna be all cut up. <laughs> I so. know that's right. <laughs> Whatever. It's like I'm I'm sitting there thinking like, "Wow, he just doesn't appreciate how, how much work is going into this." Exactly. Yet. <laughs> it's all he's about gonna, me. He's gonna love it though. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> it is funny. Oh, man. Well, today we're talking about friendship. This is Friendship in the Making, the Art of Building and Keeping Friendships. Yeah, and so uh, one thing about this, again, just wanting to make sure we give credit where it's due, our resource, uh, How Should We Develop Biblical Friendship by Haken and Beaky, is, uh, we're, we're relying on them a lot for uh, all these episodes, but a lot for this one as well. And um, and so that's where we get this understanding of the art of building. But but really, that the point behind this episode is is kind of planning for being a friend, right? And so it's kind of like well, we've the, always said one of the things: if you want to have good friends, you need to be a good friend. So what does it mean to be? A good friend. Yeah, and I think the first part, and another thing that we have said a lot in other episodes about other topics is that if you don't plan for it, then you are planning to fail, right? Mm. And so if you're not planning and thinking Failure through to this, plan is, a, is, is planning to fail. Planning to fail. And I didn't plan to say that, that statement. So well, then you fail. Then I fail. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to talk about today is, is how to plan for your friendships. The next... Two episodes in this series are going to be tons of just rubber meets the road, practical ways of doing this, but you got to have a plan first. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to get into today. What's the first thing we need to have right here? Yeah. So first things first, you have to have right priorities. Mm. You've got to think through what your your priority is in a friendship like Why? like favorite restaurant or yeah exactly like things like that right? yeah yeah absolutely a little bit more important things oh. like who's gonna be like who's my best friend and why do i have these friendships yeah. and things like well that. and this and we're not trying to be over spiritualized here but god is who our first and greatest friend is right well and he's supposed to be the the highest priority of all the categories of our lives right, right? i mean of of 
of people, places, and things that are on the high end of our priority list. He he's the top. I mean, he right. is. That's what it means to be God of your yeah, life. Yeah, our relationship with God is categorized by by many different uh, metaphors and in many different ways in the in the scriptures. One of them being friends. That's right. Friendship with the Lord. Right? Yes, it's it's got to be the most important thing. And and the reason why is you know friends can be idols. They can you know friends can become the most important thing to you. And and we see this all the time when when somebody else other than the Lord becomes the most important person to you, uh, it throws your life out of sync with reality, you know, and it causes a lot of pain both for you and for that other person because they're occupying a place in your heart that they were never designed to occupy. Right. And so mm-hmm. our friendship with God, though, can never be too profound or too important. You know, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would. I, I would think that um, our relationship with God has to be paramount over over anything, whether it's our our friends, our spouse, our kids, that has to be, I mean, God has to be everything in our life, right? Yeah. Well, and I think when you think about that, that means practical things. You know, if God is the top of the priority list, then that means he's going to receive more of you than other people are. And I think sometimes we think that having priorities means you care a lot about them. And that's true. But it also means you organize your life around mm-hmm. these these things, the, yeah. your priorities, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a priority like school, you're going to organize your life around that. If you have an extracurricular activity or you have a hobby, you know, that's high on your priority list, you organize around that. So God, you organize your life around him, mm-hmm. making time with him the most important thing. And everything else is at least secondary to that. Yeah. So... So it's really important that we have this high view of God, even though it might seem a little extreme or over spiritual. It's it's actually not. It's just totally normal for any person. That's what God expects. That's what we were made for. Yeah, and we pursue that relationship just like we would a relationship with a with an actual person. Right. Uh, with a, I mean, God is an actual being, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We need to spend time with the Lord. We need to hear from him through his word, and we need to pray to him and, you know, uh, consider how the Lord would want us to live and mm. all of those kind of relational things that that you would have with anybody else. Yeah, I think that's really good to remember is that when you spend time with God, it's not something extra special or different than spending time with somebody else. Um, you're talking to him through prayer, and you're listening to him yeah. through reading of Scripture and, and meditation on Scripture. So... But he's not the only person you are to be pursuing friendships with. He's just the highest on the list of priorities. After that, what does the Bible tell us? Yeah, I mean, the Bible talks about this concept of neighbor, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it, it can include anyone, right? I mean, right. when they ask Jesus, who, who is my neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's virtually anyone. Right. You know, I like to think of it in the sense of we, we all have a sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously everyone can be considered my neighbor, but who in my daily walk of life am I able to come in contact with on a regular basis? Yeah. You know, your family, your friends, people at work, people in your neighborhood, kids' sports teams, you know, whatever. I mean, those are kind of your sphere of influence. And and to be honest, those are the people that we need to love and minister to as our neighbor. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is sometimes, you know, 
we have this understanding that like my family is oh, supposed church, to be. I should have included church. Well, sorry. yeah, church is important. <laughs> <laughs> but the, no, that's a good point. So like, okay, family is supposed to be my closest neighbor. But sometimes when we look at our lives and you analyze like, am I being like a neighbor mm. according, you know, biblical understanding of neighbor to my family as much as I should be? Or are these random people from school or work or whatever, are they more my neighbor than even my family is? Mm-hmm. And so you can find that we might even have our priorities messed up uh, because we're not we're not taking the time to make them our priority. So yeah. I think it's easy to overlook family because in our minds it's like, yeah, okay, of course they're my neighbor, but do we actually invest in them like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with church members, you know, their church family, right? And then, so there's all these, I think neighbors, like actual neighbors, they literally live next door to you. Do we know them? I mean, there's been, I've got right. neighbors who I'm still like, what's their name? You know, and I got to, like, that's, I need to prioritize that person. Well, and you never know where your friendships will come from that can be those yeah. encouraging, close friendships. You know, it's like you think about how you became friends with certain people, and it's it's seems sort of random, mm. obviously, but, like, God has helped to orchestrate and ordain that in your life, you know? That's actually very... Um, I, I, Really profound truth because you know I have a lot of profound. You truths do that sometimes. You just listen. Uh, sometimes. Every once in a while. <laughs> every decade or so. <laughs> every yeah. Every once in a while. Um, but yeah, that that the friendships sometimes are. You know, you know, you're supposed to be investing and pursuing yeah. this, mm-hmm. and then other times it comes out of the blue, and that's just God, you know, doing His thing. So, so priority is important, but we also have to have yeah. flexibility, yeah. of course. And how do we know? what a true friend is versus not a true friend, right? Yeah, well, this is the next big thing. After having your priorities kind of figured out and thought through, you need to be discerning. Mm. Um, as you are looking into these friendships and pursuing friendships, you have to pay attention. Discerning means being able to to understand and see things clearly. And so there are some really helpful things that our resource kind of walked through to help us think through like, what am I trying to see in a person who I think could be a friend of mine? Mm. Right. And so, um, one of the, we'll go through these really quickly. Um, you know, what do you do? What are you looking for? First thing is how does your prospective friend treat other people? Mm. So start with the easy one. You see this person, you see how they interact with other people. What do they do? Do they gossip a lot? Do they complain about other people? Mm. Do they expect others to do for them what they won't do for others? Um, You know, so that's the first place to start. But there's another realm. Yeah, number two would be how does he or she treat their family? You know, it's interesting that you put these notes together and you put this. I'd always taught, um, you know, girls especially like in the youth group like if you're looking to date a boy Mm -hmm. how does he treat his mom yeah right that was always a good indicator not always but that would be a good indicator of how he would treat women you know in general that's really true And so i think if you look at a a friend how how do they treat their uh you know like an older person how do they treat their spouse um you know how do they treat their children you know things like that those are going to be clues into their personality and really how they're going to be as a friend yeah yeah, another one is uh, how do they handle correction? Mm. You know, how if they're wrong about something or or somebody's trying to help them with something, do they want to grow? Are they going to receive, 
guidance humbly, not saying that they don't, you know, everyone struggles. Nobody likes being wrong, but do they come around to it? Do they want to grow? And do they get super angry really easily? And how do they handle that? Because, you know, everyone's a sinful person, but a lot of it is how do they handle their sin? How do they respond? Are they struggling against their sin? That's a lot of what that comes down to. And that's a, that's a really important one because you don't want a friend who, who can't admit that they're wrong because then you're the one who's going to be wrong all of the time. Yeah. And, uh, and you don't want to be the friend who can't be wrong. You know, we all have to recognize that we're going to be wrong sometimes and we need correction from the Lord and we need help from our, I mean, if we're not, if we're not doing this, then we're not iron sharpening iron. Right. We're just being, you know, a blunt object. <laughs> well, and that goes to the next one where it talks about, does your prospective friend, uh, how do they do with responsibility? Mm. You know, do they take responsibility? Do they live up to their responsibilities? Those type of things that goes right along with what you were just saying. So yeah. all of these things give you a picture of what, you know, kind of friend is. It's going to be some parameters, not a guarantee, but you can use these questions to help you. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll give an anecdote. I remember one time I was in college and me and my friends, I'm, I'm confessing here. We, uh, we were talking about somebody, one of our other friends, and uh, it was not the way we were gossiping. It was sinful. And one of my other friends was stand, sitting, standing there and he said, wow, what, you guys are talking about him like that. I hope you don't talk about me like that. Mm. And it just clicked to me. I was like, wow, I, I'm sinning and I'm not, I'm not proving myself to be a good friend to the person we're talking about. And now this other person is wondering whether or not he can trust me to be his friend too. And that's when I realized like, oh man, I need to, I, I'm not being a good friend. And I had to, you know, that was just a really helpful thing for me to remember. And, uh, and it's, and it's true. You know, we can see what kind of friend people are going to be just by, just by observing a few things and being discerning. Yeah. So let's talk about this idea of levels of friendship. I think it's, this is, this is probably one of the most important things we'll talk about in this episode, because you and I have talked about this off the air that, um, there are levels to friendship, and sometimes uh, people work through these levels. Other right. times, you just stay at a certain level because of, for whatever reason, and it's it's not bad. Right. 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 I mean, th th I think I think we get this uh, notion that if we're not all best friends, if we're not all confidants with one another, then somehow we're doing something wrong. That's right. Remember our study? We talked about uh, the friendship study. Mm -hmm. You know, most people yeah, have right. have two point. Yeah. <laughs> something friends, yeah. best friends, you know what I'm saying? In, in America. Yeah. I don't want to be that point something of a friend, but you know, right. Right. You know what you round up, it's three, you have three, two to three best friends, yeah. you know, in your life and yeah. that's okay. Right. And that's, I mean, you, you really can't handle more than that, but, but it is, it's, it's totally normal for us to, to have people, not everybody can be, you don't want everybody to be a stranger, but you can't have everyone be a confidant. So what you know? So what are these levels here? Yeah, so as I just alluded to, the first one is strangers. That's obvious. Those are people you just don't know or, you know, maybe you see around, whatever. You do the lizard look face like Michael Jr., you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> you walk down the aisle, look it up on YouTube. You walk okay. down the aisle to the supermarket, you're like, 
<laughs> you make that face. Oh, some, yeah. That that's the one smile. Yes, yes. Yeah. I did that to somebody earlier today yeah. at a coffee shop. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Where you're like trying to be friendly, but I have no, I don't know you at all. So look up Lizard Whatever. Look Face by Michael Lizard Jr. Look it's face. hilarious. Okay. He's a Christian comedian, so he's clean. So it's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. But then after that, there are these people who we would call acquaintances. Yes. So they're the people that you know, you know their name, you know some things about them, and you interact. Right. You see them on a semi regular basis. You know, yeah. it could be your barista. Yeah. Could be your neighbor, you know, whatever. Exactly. And then you have allies. Mm-hmm. So what are allies? It's like you and me. That's kind of where we're at. That's the level. We're allies? Just there. So okay. it stops right there. It's fine there. with me. <laughs> no, this could be somebody that you work with. I mean, you're on the, you're on the same yes. side. You're on the same team. Uh, you're close. Mm-hmm. But Moving in the same direction. You know, yep. All you're of those close, things. You're close, but not, um, you know... You would not like tell them everything about right. your life. It'd be like somebody you may maybe like, uh, like if you're on a bowling team with them or mm. something, you know, something like that. Just just random, but you you spend time together, but you're not like telling each other things yeah, about yourself. I think this and this can be a trap a little bit, especially for guys. We mm-hmm. get a lot of allies, right? And we call, and we think they're close friends, but they're really not, and we never really get into having or yeah, more especially Christians, you know. These people know enough about us, but we can still sort of like keep an image up of who we want them to think we yes, are. And that's, that's dangerous. That's true. Okay, so that's a great point. And with allies, like they they know you, but like they don't know you. Right. Not not really. Right. And so beyond that, though, there's this idea of companions. Mm-hmm. So it's even, you know, this, this is where you're starting to share life with one another yes yeah, really they, really good friends yeah. yeah it could be some family members yeah. in this mix you know somebody that you spend a significant amount of time with you, you talk al- almost about everything mm-hmm. uh but then there's even a further which would be yeah. confidant now hopefully that your spouse is included in this right this would be where your best friends are that mm-hmm. they know the most about you they know and, everything yeah right they mm-hmm. know the secrets that that could really um like get you arrested no yeah that's right (laughs) they know well and they're the ones that you feel like they're the only ones you could tell right things and and they know you. they're gonna help you bury the body i'm just kidding (laughs) they are the ones who can handle you right you know some of it's that they can handle your personality and they and they're not they know all of the good and the bad and they still accept you that's right that's right and those are, those are your best friends. Yeah, and it's 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 normal for people to kind of move through these stages, uh, but sometimes you get stuck with someone in a stage, and that's okay. Right. That's okay. And we have to be able to see this and know and recognize, like, you know, okay, this person uh, who, I, who I care a lot about is an acquaintance. You know, I, I care about this person. I'm praying for this person, but we're not confidants. And, and so I don't have these, you know, expectations that I put onto them to be a level of friendship that they're not. Well, the worst thing is, is when you are expecting that and they're not right. And so that's why I've fallen into that trap before where you, you're thinking more of your relationship than what they think. And you can be like sharing with them. And then they're like, okay, well, thanks for the info. Yes. And you're like, wait a second, you're not sharing anything with me. Yes. And that's not good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk some more about like those things. But, but that is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in this, I think a danger behind this though is, is to just be like, uh, okay, that person's acquaintance, that person's acquaintance, that person's acquaintance. And you just become lazy. Yeah. In your friendships, you're like, so you become the one who doesn't ever share anything. You're that person that you're talking about. Somebody's trying to be your friend and you're like, okay, great. And then you just like walk away because 
you're not putting in the time and the effort. You're yeah, being it's not an passive. excuse to say, well, I've got my friendship quota met, so I don't need to invest in any more relationships, you and know? I, yeah. Because God wants us to invest and leverage our our friendships and our relationships for his glory. And yeah. so just because you're not a close friend with somebody now doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to befriend that person. Right. Yeah. And so don't just be like, well, I'm, yeah, that, I like what you said. My friendship quota is full. That's... That's that's probably not the I've right way to think about it. I've got my 2.6 best friends. Yeah, so that's right. That's not that's not what we're suggesting you right. should do. Um, so instead, uh, our our book, uh, our resource had this cool way of understanding it of just being be patient, mm-hmm. don't be passive. So keep being intentional about the people, even the even the strangers that you might start seeing more frequently. Be intentional. Make them your make them the acquaintances. Right. Bring them forward through those, you know, different levels. Um, don't be passive and don't be lazy. Yeah. Spend time with people. And listen, if, if, if it's like really hard to like get together or it's really difficult to make it work, or you don't ever see this person, then okay, maybe the Lord's not leading you. But if somebody keeps coming into your life and God just kind of has a way of like making them there Mm -hmm. through whatever means, whether it's work or, or a neighborhood or whatever, then God is wanting you to invest in that person. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I want to tell this story because it's hilarious. And I'm going to say his name because he would love this. So I have a friend whose name is Clayton. And um, he was a guy who was, uh, he hung out with people on my hall in college. And uh, our hall was really close. And I would tell all the guys, man, I love you guys. You know, this sort of thing, praying for you. And Clayton wanted to be a part of our hall. And I just did not, I just, I was messing with him, but I would always like, he'd be like, I love you, Brian. I'd be like, okay, whatever, Clayton. (laughs) And he would start trying to like earn my friendship. So he's buying me candy bars, doing this stuff. And it got to the point where I was like, wow, this guy, we're not just playing around. Like he really wants to be my friend. And I I then was like, okay, God, you're doing something. He's, 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 he's sincerely wanting a friendship. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who calls me, texts me, tells me he's praying for me now, and this is, you know, a decade later. And that's one of the ways that you need to be paying attention. Like, if somebody's pursuing a friendship with you, uh, don't just push them off just because mm-hmm. you you feel like you have enough friends. Mm-hmm. God is doing that, and yeah. and you can have more friends if you let God work. Yeah, that's so, good. Mm-hmm. So you never know what kind of awesome friendships you could have as long as you're not being lazy. But I like what you said. You were talking about how sometimes it just doesn't work out, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of our, our last main point Yeah, this is, this is talking about uh, being realistic and in the in the vein that friendships are not easy and they do take work you know even though even with the um, even though it may feel like you can become friends with this person very easily to, to maintain a friendship long you know longevity wise mm-hmm. there has to be work put in you know you have to spend time together you have to care about what each other's interest and sometimes there's going to be conflict yeah you know. Yeah friendships will not be perfect because people are not perfect. And you know, if you don't expect conflict in your friendship, then you are going to be destroyed when it happens. Yeah. I think this is one of the things, especially younger Christians, younger people in general Mm -hmm. uh, need help learning. So parents think through how to tell, tell your, tell your kids. It's totally normal for you to get upset with your friends. Um, In fact, that's to be expected. Yeah. I think the, what sets Christians apart is the expectation uh, to deal with conflict in a godly manner. That's right. You know, we oftentimes in the world, 
cold, you know, when people have conflict with somebody, they just like run away. It's done. They're yeah. like, they're over. like, you're dead to me. I'm, yep. It's over. And <laughs> that is not the gospel. That is not the Lord. I mean, we you, are, t- you can't have friends like that. <laughs> we are told to, uh, reconcile those relationships. We're told to work out that kind of conflict. So what kind of conflict can we expect in friendship? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, are there like categories or are there specific things we should watch out for? So my immediate thought, just being a youth pastor, goes to students. And one of the things I see is, like, jealousy in friendships. Mm. You know, it's like that person spends more time with this person and yada, yada. Or the feeling that you need your friend to be only your friend Mm. and they can't have other friends. And so there's this conflict of, um, of like, jealousy and neediness. Um, so that's one thing that I see. Yeah, what are one some of, that one you of the things see? with adults uh, is the ability or the, the the expectation to like agree on everything. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> you know, we live in an era. We live in an era where we're so polarized by every opinion, yep. you know, and everything that's out there. And I don't think that we need to agree on. We have to agree on everything to be friends. We can. Right. We need to have some core value. You know, for our close Christian friends we need to have core values in common but it's okay to disagree on things and you can't grow if you don't if right. you don't have any disagreement then what are you really even talking about right you know you just sit around and say yep 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 like that's it exactly that's, that's so ridiculous. how so how do we deal with conflict well uh you just punch each other a few times and get over it that's what guys do that's what dudes right? do. no i mean luckily th- there's an outline oftentimes we go to matthew 18 yeah uh where the idea is if, if someone offends you, now I love the way that this is put because if someone offends you, meaning that the offending party is not seeking restitution in right. this case, you're to go to the offender as the offendee and say, hey, you have offended me. Right. Let's make this right. Yeah. You don't just get upset and then wait for them like, well, they did it, so they have to fix it. That's right. not what the Bible says. The How Bible many says, people have you run into that and say, they need to apologize to me? That's The yeah. Bible does not say that. Right. The Bible says if you've been, if somebody has hurt you, you're to go talk to them about it. And I think it. that's because maybe they they may have meant to offend you, but maybe they didn't mean to offend you. And I think that's a lot of it. I mean, especially with friendships. I mean, most of it is accidental. Yeah, um, misunderstandings. Right. All those type. Yeah, just just people being uh, tired or frustrated or, mm-hmm. the, or the situations of life. Maybe they're just hangry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a real thing. So, uh, you know, yeah, so you go and you talk to them. You... You have to be humble and, and think through your side of whatever was going on, but but you point out the things that hurt you, um, and you you know you don't want to do that in an aggressive manner, right? But you do want to to bring it to light and ask them, you know, and hopefully why. that 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 you know nine times out of ten that that one on one is going to be enough. Now there is a, a path where you involve more people. And uh, essentially you're thinking of somebody who has sinned against you. Right. Right. Uh, And if they will not recognize their sin, then you bring other people. And, you know, that helps you because those other people have to acknowledge that that person has also sinned. Right. And that helps give you clarity of what's really going on. Because that, that, if you're like, you go to, you go to another Mm -hmm. brother and you say, Hey, come with me to confront that person. Like, listen, you're out of your mind. Right. This is not an offense that you need to, carry. Yep. And that's kind of my next thing is not we don't need to be offended by by everything. Yeah. There are some things we need to let go and give grace. Yes. Okay. Now if it's a true offense, we we have to confront it, but but we are offended way too much. And sometimes 
like for instance, if if you would snap at me, mm-hmm. I would I might say in that moment, man, Brian is just tired and frustrated. He's not mad at me. He's mad at whatever other situation, and I would probably just let that go. Mm-hmm. Now, if you continued to be right. angry and I saw a pattern of anger in you, then I would confront you about that. Yeah, because it's not a it's not a situational thing. It wasn't an accident. It's a it's a <clears throat> It's a lifestyle right. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Bible tells us that it's a glory of a man to overlook uh, a transgression. Right. And that love does not take into account wrongs suffered. But the Bible also says that we're supposed to sharpen one another and we are supposed to call out sin. And so there's this balance. Hey, there's a biblical balance right there um, of us having to to both overlook things that people do to us and gently call out things that people have done to us. Yeah. And we have to do both of those things in order to have a healthy friendship. Yeah. So what does it look like to confront people, right? The people do not want to confront people at all. But here's the thing. We are charged with confronting our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. If th- there is an issue of sin, an issue of offense, it is right for us to confront that friend in sin. So this is this is where I don't, bombs. I don't like this because I don't... I don't because I'm very like, just do whatever you want to do, and I'll do it. Just leave me alone, you right. know? But that's my sin. That's my flesh just being selfish, right? Because the scriptures say here in Galatians 6, it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And so the first step here, one, is to agree with what God has said, and then two, be brave. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. You know, you yeah. have to be brave enough. And, and and this is why God has to be the top of your friendship list because, because if you love God and you are and you are stable in your friendship with God, then you are going to have the confidence in God that you need to go and talk to somebody that potentially you could lose. Right. And this has to be done out of our relationship, you know, mm-hmm. the closeness and the, you know, the the relationship that you have with somebody. It may be somebody that you're not really good friends with. You may not be the person to go and confront that mm-hmm. other person. Mm-hmm. It may be somebody else that's closer to them. That's right? true. And it has to be done. I, I love where he says you should restore him with a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. So so that's our attitude is gentleness. Then Ephesians 4.15 says Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head of Christ. So love and gentleness are sort of our our um, attitudes in which we should operate to restore someone. It's not like, hey, right. look what you did. Yeah. It's, it's, hey, brother, I don't know if you know this, but I see this going on in your life, and I want I want to help you. I want to pray for you, yep. and and that's the attitude of which we go to somebody. You know, and that that comes right to the to the goal. Like like right. your goals have to be right in order to have the right attitude. And the goal is restoration. It's yeah. not it's not you know look at what you did. You know, it's not shoving their face into it. It's it's restoring it back to what it's supposed to if be. If you're seeking justice, then don't go confront somebody. Right. You should be seeking restoration. That's right. You know, that's, it says here in Luke 17, it says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in that day, turn to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Yeah. Jesus is saying our attitude is always repentance, uh, is always forgiveness and restoration, not justice. That's right. 
And I think Christians get hung up on that way too much. Well, and I would say, I know what you're saying. And so there, there could, I want to make sure people are clear. Like we're not saying justice is not important. Really what we're talking about is like personal vengeance. Yes. Yes. We're talking about a personal offense. I'm yes. not talking about a legal criminal. Right. Matter. Right. Right. Cause justice is always right. But, but we don't seek vengeance. God is the one who is just vengeance is the Lord. He is the just one. Right. And so there is justice that God has built into reality. But when you're going to deal with your friend and an offense, he doesn't expect you to go get vengeance and get your justice for yourself. Um, he he's expecting you to seek restoration. Right. Exactly. And yep. so, and then the last thing you need to do is, or well, the third thing I guess is make sure you're not trying to stir the pot or cause division. Yeah. And so, oftentimes, if if you have a tendency with in the in the area of gossip or or divisiveness, you need to really get that worked out because. It says here in Titus 3.10, As for the person who stirs up division, after warning him once, then twice, have nothing more to do with him. That's pretty severe. Yeah. Like, honestly. The New Testament church was really serious about maintaining the unity of the church. Right. And so if you're doing this, if you're confronting people simply to stir up, to stir the pot, yeah. then that's a problem. Yes, and, and that problem has existed before, and I've seen groups where there have been people who just constantly want to point out problems with people all the time. And, uh, and it, and it, it was really bad. And, uh, the Lord graciously now in that, took care of that situation. you warn them once you warn them twice, you get two strikes and you're out. And you know, and the Bible is really helpful in this. It's nice to be able to say, you know, we have to do what the Bible says. <laughs> it protects people. It, it protects yeah. people, um, from this sort of thing. I understand. Yeah. So, uh, so what's the last point here? We've got to think about our own holiness. This, mm. this verse in Matthew seven, these verses, it says, why do you seek why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye and don't notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. This is important. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck yeah, out of your brother's eye. Yeah, this is eye. not saying, and most people, they yes. misunderstand this and say, don't confront. Yep. It's not saying don't confront, but it's saying consider your personal holiness and your relationship with the Lord first then you then can help confront. somebody. That's yeah. right. And maybe this is a problem. Like, let's say you see something in uh, a friend of yours or, or in the church, uh, another brother or sister in Christ. You see a sin, and you're like, man, I wrestle with that too. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe what that means is you've got to seek your own. It, what it does mean is you got to seek out your own personal restoration with the Lord, you know, repenting from that sin. And you might have to go and talk to a close friend of that person yeah. and say that, hey, I'm I'm wrestling with this, and I think this other person is wrestling with it too. Yeah, and send. Basically, what I'm saying is, is you don't have to be the person to deal with other people's problems when you have that same problem. Maybe somebody else can do that instead. Maybe there's another close friend of that person who can do that instead. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, yes. yeah. So there's a really great important. example of this in Galatians chapter two. This is when Peter and and Paul had sort of a confrontation. And it says, uh, but when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. So, so Paul went went and confronted him mm -hmm. because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas for all of them, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? And what he's saying, he's used it as an example of... It, Paul's 
talking about the issue of the gospel being available for all. But in this, we get to see a window into their sort of experience and how Peter was even like led astray by these Jews coming in and saying that even though they were all Christians, that somehow Jewish Christians were better than Gentile Christians. Yeah. And Peter was like, well, I'm not going to eat with the, the Gentile Christians because I don't want to offend them. I'll just eat with the Jewish Christians. Yeah. And Paul had to go and confront him. Yeah. And Peter was better for it. Right. Right. And you recognize, I mean, Peter later on in life references Paul in, in first and second, uh, well, second Peter, especially he references Paul saying, you know, our brother who's writing scriptures, you know, so their relationship was still good even after this happened. And you see some of these heavy hitters, you got Peter, James, Barnabas, Paul, all of them. And none of that, uh, none of that mattered. None of like who you're talking to, none of that mattered. It was it was what needed to be done. It's right, what and he do. wasn't. His attitude was not to condemn Peter in the sense of he was trying to like kick him out of the right, church right. or anything like that. He was trying to restore him and make sure that the because what what was happening is others were being led astray by their example. So this had to be confronted. This had to be dealt with. Conflict and friendship is not only between two people. Conflict and friendship messes with other people as well. It can be it can be far reaching in its impact. And that's why when it happens, it will happen. Right. We have to deal with it the right way in order to bring health and, and life to especially the body of Christ, but but really all of the world. Yeah, our friendships will be deeper and more Christ-like if we embrace conflict and do it in a biblical way. That's right. We don't go looking for conflict, no. but we deal with it, handle it in a biblical way. That's right. That's right. So what, what about if you're not received well when you go to confront someone or mm. or what or or Conversely, what if a friend is leading you away from Christ? What do you do in that situation? Well, I think the the one is easiest for me. If somebody is leading you away, so you can be, we said this, you can be friends with an unbeliever as long as they're not leading you away from Christ. And so there's that. But then if if they're leading you from Christ, you have to, you have to, they have to move down that spectrum away from confidant, down Towards not stranger necessarily, or something but like acquaintance that. Yeah. probably. You still have a relationship with them, but yeah. you can't allow them to influence your life in a way that's going to be detrimental to your faith. And I think that's the the second the answer is if you're not if you're not received well, or if you're trying to you know call out something and it's not received well. Well, somebody said it. My friendship is not depend like I am going to be your friend, even if you will not be my friend. And the way I understand it is I'm still going to have an attitude of love right. and gentleness and kindness towards you. It's still open, um, even if you don't want to have it. And so so I'm not the one ending the friendship is right. kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. you can go to them and confront them, and they may never want to talk to you again. But right. you need to have an attitude that you're willing to forgive and you're willing to seek restoration and still love them even though you may not spend time with them anymore. Yeah, that's right. And so there are times to to leave friendships. There are times to end those things. Yeah, sometimes people stay way too long in, in friendships that are toxic or mm-hmm. their people are manipulative right. or they're just, you know, they're just they're just not treating you in a, in a fair way. It's like a one-sided, yep. like like they're receiving all the benefit and you're just the one giving all yeah. the time. And that's just not healthy. I would call that a toxic relationship. Right, that's a, that's a user, right? Right. Somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you do need to 
end a friendship. You it may have to actually break up with them in a sense. Mm-hmm. And it may look like going to confront them and saying, listen, we're both Christians and I feel like our relationship looks like this. Mm-hmm. And if they're like, forget you, then right. you're just like, okay, well, I'll pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you move on. That's right. But, uh, you know, it's not, it's not right to just kind of ghost somebody and just never speak to them again, which maybe our go-to, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Like if you have to back away from somebody ghosting, right? Like just ignoring them completely is not the right thing to do, but, but you can, you can say no to things. Like if they, first of all, you don't have to invite them to do things with you. And second of all, you can say no when they invite you to do things. If you, if every time, if you've got a toxic friendship and they want to do something with you and they invite you to hang out, whatever, and you know that you have to back away from them, you can say no. Well, that goes back to our first point. Your first priority is to the Lord. That's right. And you need to honor and glorify Him. And sometimes that means saying goodbye to a toxic friendship. That's right. So so th- this is free. I know people who really struggle with this. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to help you. It is totally okay for you to say no mm-hmm. when you've got somebody who, who is trying to, to do you. that. Yeah, to use you. So what do we've got? What do we got in conclusion for this episode, Brian? Well, I mean, we we've we've talked uh, um, about friendship for a while now, and we're getting more and more practical. And we just need to plan. I mean, we we mentioned this a few weeks back. We are relational people. Mm-hmm. Even the most introverted people wants relationships to some form or fashion. So we need to be, especially Christians, we need to be friend making people. Yeah. We need good. to plan to make friends and to carve out time for that. Yeah. You know, that's really good. I think for our families as well, we've got to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got to model it. So we have to tr- do, we have to model it like everything in life. We have to be good friends. And then we have to talk to our children, talk to our spouses yeah. about what friendship looks like. And, and it's hard what to, to navigate expect. it as, as kids and teenagers. Well, maybe not so much kids, but definitely teenagers. Yeah. It's kids because the expectation is we play together. <laughs> right. And, and that's it. Right. And it's that's like kids the, play together for, for 30 minutes. Like we're best friends. It's magical. <laughs> it's a magical time. And, and I love that time. It's great to my, my son, he, you know, we go to church and he's like, go play with friends. Like everyone, he's yeah. a little kid yes. and there are everyone's friend. a friend. Yes. And that's a great time as a teenager. It gets a little more complex mm-hmm. and school is like a, is like a mini kind of Lord of the flies type yes. thing. Oh, yeah. And so we got to help our teenagers <laughs> really navigate. What does it mean to be a good friend? Mm-hmm. And then how do you select good friends? Yeah. Because the Bible has things to say about that as well and we need to really make sure that our our teenagers have good friends because those friends will influence who they become that's right and that's why they have to prioritize they have to know who they need to prioritize as their best friend god first and then their neighbor that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and then they have to have right expectations they need to know drama is going to happen and the lord has told us how to deal with it so don't worry when it does exactly so I hope that this has been helpful for our listeners. I know it's helpful for me. I'm really excited about our next two episodes on this because yeah. it's going to be just here is what you do. Like if if you don't know, if you struggle making friends, literally write these things down and then try to do them and, and see what God does. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll, we'll see, see you, you next, next time. time. John can't hear, but we have I have all these sounds on the board here. Can he hear? He could maybe hear with that. Put the headphones on.
No, I need that one. The party horn. No, when Brian when Brian when Brian cracks a joke. I I love that Brian has all the control. It makes me feel so good and secure and stuff. It's 5 a.m. in the morning for your traffic. Let's get an update from Brian Van Doren. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> and Brian has controls of the board. <laughs> okay. All right. We've wasted enough time. This is also how we get our... That's how we get mojo. Our uh, Well, that and the, the bloopers. <laughs> bloops. All right. Bloop. Bloop. Bloop.